When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Another edition of Judd's Hockey Podcast. Reunited, Zolgad, Lindsay, Declan. Uh, I want to start with uh, potential, um, a potential dissension at the X from last night. I know, now, right? We're recording this on Tuesday. The Wild lost 3 nothing to a very good Sharks team on Monday. But uh, it was the post-game comments by Zach Parisi. Mm-hmm. And I want to read these to you, and when I read them, it's probably not going to have the same tone as Zach did, but I'd like the interpretation from you guys about what you think about these quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll give you a little bit of context, too. Parisi was basically brought up the power play himself. He brought up, you know, we're not, and it's 0 for it's past 18, 0 for 3 on Monday, so it's been bad. Really bad. Their entire um, special teams thing. They have not scored a power play goal yeah. in the month of March. Mm-hmm. So Parisi brought up uh, pretty much unprompted the power play, and then Sarah McClellan of the Star Tribune followed up by saying, well, what particularly is wrong with the power play? And I think she was asking, you know, what can be done better when you're on the ice? And here's his quote We need to practice it. Right now, it feels like five strangers are on the ice. We don't know our, and then he stopped and said, good power plays have their outs. They're free outs. They know where guys are, and just right now, it doesn't feel like we know that. The units have been switching a lot, so at this time of the year, when teams are getting their penalty kills really dialed in, you need those free outs. You need to know, without looking where a guy is and how you can settle down their pressure, we're struggling with that big time. And then Russo followed up with, so you're not practicing it. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, and went into detail again. Anyway, uh, my perception of this is is because they do have lots of new parts. Granlin's gone. Coyle's gone. Nino's gone. So that's true. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was really an indictment of the coaching staff to say we're not practicing it. And the one thing that I did hear is Preezy's very unhappy because in the Overtime power play in Nashville was a week ago, Monday or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Tuesday. At Nashville? At okay. Nashville. Yep. <clears throat> he was not used on the power play. God forbid. And was livid about that. Hmm. But anyway, what's your interpretation of him sort of, in my estimation, at least partially calling out the coaching staff for saying we're not practicing this? I'm kind of torn about it because I think Zach, as a leader and just as a player, he doesn't speak out on something like this if he doesn't truly think that it's an issue. just And even though in the past, like, he's kind of fallen out of favor with the fan base in the last, since he's signed here. and But I, I can believe him to a certain extent where he's frustrated that, A, he wasn't out there and he's used to being there. But I, that that's BS on his part. He shouldn't have that expectation. That's coaching staff's fault. 
But also, Bruce came back and responded to those exact comments and said, you know, we've had like a bunch of games in the last week and a half with basically two days off or travel days. And so you can't expect them to be practicing each and every day that they're not playing games, especially at this point of the season. Mm -hmm. So I can see from both sides with Bruce saying, we don't have enough practice time, literally. And right now, they're just trying to basically get lines down because there has been so much change. Yep. But I also think Zach is kind of wrong in a sense by – this is not the time or the place to bring this up. Why now? Why are you calling out the coach? Why are you calling out the coaches post-game? Like it's not like this, this is a continuation from the losing streak from two weeks ago and they've lost every game since. It just it, – it seems a little bit out of left field for me. I, I, I can understand his frustration. When you're going 0 for 18, um, obviously you, I think it's natural to say we, we do have to go work on it more. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I understand where maybe it's a little cheap for him to call out the coaching staff with 13 games to go when you're in the playoffs right now, but their roster has been overhauled. I kind of, uh, yes, his tone could have been probably different, but I, I do side with them that, look, yeah. this power play is a mess. So naturally yes. we're going to have to work on it more. And if it was just we're going to go out, we're going to go out and try hard and work again, it would just be all oh, same old wild being blah, 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 making excuses. I'm 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 not as disgruntled I think as, as with his comments about the power play to the coaching staff. What do you think are the biggest issues plaguing the power play right now? Like, what do you think they're struggling with most? Uh, they don't they don't have well they, they lost Dumba, which was a huge loss three months no, ago. No, I'm talking about like legit strat. Like, what are they doing? They don't wrong? have they, zone entry shots from well, the outside. Here's like, what my do you question. Think? So at one point last night on the power play, Zach was on a forward line. And I'm not joking, you guys, with Rask and, and Aberg. Yeah. Like, why? Is that his first game back? Mm-hmm. Yes, after 12 done. But, I mean, he That's is. That's thing, too. He is just terrible. Like, like I've come Aberg to the conclusion. Or- no, no, uh, Rask. A- Aberg, I think, is a minor league sort of non-factor type of guy. Like, he can play a little bit, I'm sure. He's a good body. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But Ra- I think Rask is a disaster. So... There might have been a lot of things that Zach was trying to get at here. Right. And and because, as, as you guys know, I, I'm i a Bruce guy. I think right. Bruce is doing a very good job, given the circumstances. But the comments were definitely pointed, and perhaps they were pointed at Boudreaux and Fenton, too. But a power play line that consists of Zach Parisi, Victor Rask, and Pontus Aberg ain't gonna, you <laughs> well, know, ain't gonna do true. much. In, and, and, in fairness to the whole thing, yeah. And I understand where Parisi gets frustrated with putting. Not that he doesn't like those two guys or doesn't think that they're good, but obviously they're not up to his caliber. But Zach, you also just this is your first game back after being out for a little while, right? For how many games was he out for? Oh no, no, he he's been back. I'm sorry, I'm talking to Rask. Oh, Rask was out for right, twelve games. Right. Zach's been back for a few games. I, I think he missed the Calgary game. Right. And so you're dealing with all of this Sorry. change and all of this overhaul and where you have a guy like Rask who was struggling before he got hurt as well. Like he he's kind of gotten the brunt of the uh criticism in terms of one of the trades that ha- that has been the least successful thus far. Right. Um so I understand why there there's why he would be frustrated with the inconsistency, but at the same time you're like, "Zach, go play hockey." If they suck so bad, if you think they're that bad that they're detriment, they're that detrimental to your game, go put the team on your back and go do it like you always have or that you always say that you have. Because there's all as good as Zach has been this year, he was out for all. He's great, but this is now that we're down to the wire. They're down in the playoffs. He hasn't really had that, you know, going into the playoffs on a high note. He's almost always been hurt or he's been in a bad streak, and then it, it, he never. He needs to be ramping up his production and talking less about this. And being more just like inclusive with his new team because those tech guys are new sure. too. But th- this also uh, gets into the discussion that we've had before 
which is how much Suter and Parisi appear to want to run this team. So, like, if things aren't going their way, if they're not being used as they see fit, if they're not being listened to exactly, you know, I I don't think that 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 pair go from Yo to uh, Torchetti now to Boudreau. I don't think that 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 those two players have ever seen eye to eye. I mean, go back to Yo. They brought in Adam Oates as a power play specialist to yeah, consult pre- on, to, yeah, yeah to without consult letting with them. the coaching staff know. Hand. He's yeah. just like out there. So, in so it does seem like if things don't go the way that they want, right. that they definitely are going to speak up quickly, either externally as Zach did last night, or if nothing else, internally. That's just not leadership to me. That's all, Declan. What do you think? I, yeah, I understand that that Parise is it can can be a little bit of a Madonna, and we haven't seen too much of it this year, um, which has been kind of encouraging. But with Victor Rask and I think what Boudreau, and Boudreau did this in the shootout, I think he he is letting these players be he's putting them in situations for for everyone to see. I think you're right. So he he might be putting Victor Rask out there not knowing like this is the best option I have on the power play. It's all right, kids, everyone else in the in the stands. Here's our guys. Well, and it's not a bad even, thing either. Yeah, and I I don't I don't really fall, and that's his first game back in 12, 12 games. Bruce even said he played a little more than he had to because of the injury. That got hurt too. That yeah. got injured. Right. So naturally, Rask. Okay? Naturally, Rask so. had to play a lot more. And I and I, I was adamant a couple weeks ago that you know just like Robert Covington and the Wolves, just shut him down. Just just take guys, take it, take it off. Refocus this summer, get stronger, and then and then come back for next year. And I, I, I'm I'm still not ready to call Victor Rask a complete disaster bust. I'm He's a disaster either. this season, absolutely. I'm not faulting that, but it, it's way too early just to call. Well, this guy is absolutely dog bleep, and we'll get nothing out of him. It, I think it's too early. It looks like potentially that there's going to be nothing there. Which, which as I said to somebody last night, though, this I want to know what Nino either did or what they perceived he, he was doing. Like if this if Rask is as bad as we why, think, why why that deal? Why that quickly? Mm-hmm. Why that deal? I mean, Fenton's not stupid. They mm-hmm. scout now. It's not like okay, right. I'll take Victor Rask. I guess he knew what he was getting. If, if this guy is, is this bad, then there's a story that we don't know, right? Because Nino has been really good for the most part for Carolina. But so Carolina's also been a team on the and they put him on the top too. line. But but you know every other trade that Fenton has made, you, you, I'm sure you could debate him. Right. Donato trade looks good. Mm-hmm. Fiala looks like he's definitely plays north south. I don't know that he can finish consistently. But anyway, we could debate those. Right now, mm-hmm. the Rask trade's not debatable. It's like you gave him away. My question's why. Right. And I have no clue. Yeah, but and that's fair. There. And that and that's fair. And the thing is too, the timing of the Nino deal that wasn't during the trade deadline. No. So that was you know a month and a half beforehand. So. That's a very different uh, kind of mindset when you're going into a trade with a team like that. The deals are going to just have a different makeup, and you might not be able to kind of pin down. It's not a hockey trade where it's like, you know, a player for a player. It, they don't always work out that way. Because obviously Nino is doing really well, but I, I, like you said, I have a hard time believing that Fenton traded for the Rass character, and it was just like, he's awful, but who cares? Like it's, I think there's more to it. And maybe Rask, he was banged up. Maybe he's more banged up than we really think because he is slow right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe he, once he has some time to recover in the offseason, maybe it's a different story in the fall. But as of right now, yeah, he's been awful. And Nino's comments, too, the other night in, in Carolina were kind of interesting. I, I saw, too. What did he say? He said, I feel the most important thing is trust you get in coaches and the belief in me. The belief mm-hmm. is That's the biggest fair. thing. And he's obviously putting in a situ- he's being put in a situation t- right away and in, in yeah. top line mm-hmm. minutes. So he wasn't getting those in Minnesota, and that can be questioned. I'm fine with questioning that, uh, but it, it shouldn't be questioned when he goes and plays with the top line center and he gets more minutes. That naturally 
Yes, yeah. he's going to produce more That's points. That's the thing, That's too. And Carolina's been a team that can't, literally has come out of nowhere to kind of storm the Eastern Conference this year and is going to probably steal a playoff spot. Like, they're basically Columbus's worst nightmare, who Columbus, like, sold every their firstborn and their firstborn hmm. grandson for, for to, to go this yeah, year. Right. And so it, th- there's it's not like Nino changed that team. Nino just happened to jump on a, a bus that was moving in the right direction. And, yeah, and that first line's fantastic. Right. Really good. Ajo's a great player. Right. Okay, so the Wild uh, goes through that terrible slump. Then they win five consecutive games. I almost bought in. And Dude, I have thoughts on that. Oh, my God. Okay, and, and now they, they've come back, and they've what? They've It's been, has it been? They, won, they beat the four, Tampa, they lost beat, Panthers, lost to uh, San Jose. And, that, and the Predators, and the, the Predators, and the Predators they lost game. twice. And and it's and now the Panthers game on Friday was just a debacle. Yeah. Uh, there's so much to unpack here. The there's stupidest thing of all whatever. time. The stupidest decision of all time. I d- it took a lot for me not to go because the night before when they were playing in Tampa, I went on Twitter and I was like, I actually have good feelings about this team right now. Like I was getting a little bit excited about it. And then the next night. I, that was before everything was released. They trout out Dubnik after he plays so well against Tampa Bay. When the week before, he plays well in Calgary, and then they, they throw Staylock out there, and while they lose to Nashville, he plays super well. Yes, and then they have a, and then Dubnik has a really good week. Yep. And then, they, and then he, they beat the best team in NHL, and after they do the right thing all week, they're like, nah, let's not do it anymore. And then they throw him back out there, and he sucks, and it's not his fault. Because he is tired, and he needed a break, and it was a back-to-back. And I just do not well, understand how the coaching staff makes this decision. It's his fault that he doesn't work with the coaching staff. Devin's problem Fair. is that he will play to the detriment of Devin. Yes. And, and right. they can't – they've got to – it is – and I don't know if it's – I don't know what the culture is here, but this goes back to Yo as well. There are certain players who call these shots, and I don't get it. Like when Dubnik says, I'm, I'm going to play, you're like, no, you're not going to play tonight. Because you're I, right, Florida. Lynn's, you're right. It's ridiculous. But, you know, but Ryan Suter, I'll play 30 minutes. No, Ryan, you won't. Sit down, shut up, and you'll play what I tell you to. No, I'm, but I'm serious, right. Declan. Yeah. No, like, I th- this I is agree. not everybody, everybody who's willing, they consider it a sacrifice. They're sacrificing the team. They're, they're, they're not sacrificing for the team. Right. Like, who's the last wild player who did something and you're like, that was a great call? Like in, in, in the like a Charlie room. Conway. Like you haven't seen Mighty Ducks, but Charlie Conway like, took himself out of the game okay, in favor exactly. of Ross to win like against saying, you know what? Iceland. It's Friday night. We're playing the bleeping Panthers. Start Staylock. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. No, I know you right. are, but but we always get to this, and I think people think, well, he's selfless. He's going to play. No, he's not. He's selfish. Selfish, yeah. Not but selfish at, at the so same time, though, right. we, we're not in there with the conversations, too. Like, we, okay, but you, you just know. Are, but you just articulated exactly... What right, the thought process, I, and but, he should have been told this. You know, at the at the start of the week, Boudreaux said he's going to play back to back in Florida, and it, you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, didn't, just, I don't get that either. I, I thought that was pretty dang confusing, and and he was terrible, and, and he was awful. And he got yeah. pulled, and Lindsay's right, and he got yeah. pulled, yeah, because yeah. he just there, he had played three or four in a row, especially on the night of back to back, and people think people are saying, well. The Tampa game, he didn't get that many shots. He wasn't that busy. Goalie is good, I know, but goalie sure. isn't about like mostly physical exertion. Oh, I think so. Okay, this is about that. the lead up before the game starts. This is about the in between periods. This is about the mental fortitude that it takes just to stay focused. And people don't 
no, they get some semblance of it, but it, unless you've played the position and really understand it, it's it's a grind, and especially to go back to back after you play a team that's one of the best teams the league has seen in better part of a decade, Absolutely. and for him to shut them out and then to ask him to play well less than twelve, you're and, like, what are you doing? And how many teams now? successful teams how many go with this philosophy of one goalie and if oh, and god and forbid 70 starts. and god forbid we'll just yeah. play staylock when we have to right like th- that is that is a very 1960s 70s <laughs> 80s mentality yeah. right but yeah you're right Lindsay i mean and declan this is a situation where in this league now you look at these teams they've got very competent backups mm-hmm. and and what's really frustrating is staylock's not a train wreck no, no especially good. after it's the performance. Like was that Kemper four years ago? Oh, yeah, God. Kemper, who's playing really well right now. Yeah. But yeah, and especially since Stalock played so well in that loss against Nashville. And it's just that you see other other teams have had way more goalie issues than the Wild have in terms of like injuries and stuff. Like even Tampa Bay, like Andre Vasilevsky missed a bunch of time. but And like Jonathan Quick's out consistently for the LA Kings. But they have these backups and they trust them. It's about, and that's where Nino has little bit of a right of a right quote but saying like it's about coaches putting confidence in you because if the coaches put confidence in you the team follows but if you think that you need to ride your number one goalie what does that say about your backup especially after he played well yes you're eroding the progress that you already made just five days earlier and it's ridiculous I don't understand how that call is made but it feels like like what that says is Bruce d- uh, doesn't trust him but the extension of that is you know that Dubnik saying play me I'll play, I'll play, I'll play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like Devin doesn't trust Staylock, which comes off bad because because De- we have evidence. It's like crystal clear mm-hmm. that when Devin plays too much, he wears down and he's not. And, and now and now you get to last night. And now he starts again. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he gives up a couple goals where you're like, OK, you know, sometimes he saves those. Sometimes he does it. So it just it it creates this vicious cycle that could have been cut off. Right. If, if you had at least given Staylock, maybe cut off. Right. If you'd given Staylock the chance on. On Friday night. And and plus with the way the, the playoffs are shaking out and the standings are shaking out, you have to look at what teams you're playing matchup-wise. When you play a Tampa Bay, that's a much more disciplined team. Systems are a huge thing. And then the next day you play a Florida Panthers team that really doesn't have anything to play for with a bunch of young guys and because a bunch of their regular team guys had been traded away. That's going to be a north-to-south game and you're coming off tired legs. So that there's going to be a lot of odd man rushes. What goalie on the Minnesota Wild team is best suited to make the, oh my God, how did he make that type of save type of saves? It's Staylock because he's the athletic of the two, the more athletic of the two because Dubnik's just bigger and doesn't move as well. So if your team is already pretty tired, there's a lot of north to south movement and there's going to be a lot of shots where you're like, this is, you're probably not going to get this save, but we want to put a guy in there that gives us the best chance to pull one out of his butt. That's Staylock. And then they put Dubnik in. That's the only thing, too. They have to be smart about it. I mean, even look at Washington. Braden Holby's having a down season from where he was just the last few years. But the splits are he's played in 49 games, and Phoenix Copley has played in 24. He had a I down mean, season last year. They started the backup can, in the playoffs last year. It, it's not like other teams are, are running out every goal. Their number one guy, 70, starts the year oh, like they are mm-mm. with Dubnik. So I, that's what I don't get either. Is it's 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 them. almost like we are the... We're the anomaly. We're the outsider. Where we are doing this in such a poor fashion, and it's clearly hurting the team. Long and low term. scoring too. It's yeah. like the but systems again, are ten years too ten years too old. But again, it, it comes back to guys who seemingly call their own shots. Dubnik, Suter, Parisi tries to mm-hmm. certainly, and Koivu went healthy. I almost wonder if and Eric Stahl got an extension. I wonder if Parisi and like some of those guys are trying to basically reassert their dominance a little bit since a lot of dominoes and power shifting have gone well, over the last one would, couple weeks. Then one would hope that they're 
they that when the season's done, they're sat down mm. in a barca lounger and told, "Shut up." <laughs> No, no, you right. just can't have this. Like no, if, you can't. You can't be successful. I don't care who the coach is. You're on your third coach now mm-hmm. for these guys with the Wild. You're on a veteran coach now. So this is not a, yo, I think he's getting pushed around. Right. You know, at some point, you just have to say, shut up. I, I and, and this is why, this all goes back to why I would strip the C away from Koivu and say, boys, it's changing. Right. Like, don't, I, I don't want to hear from you unless you it's strip po- everyone and say, let's see who earns it and give all the letters out and um, just base it off performance. Unless it's positive. I, but, but, you know, to Declan's point for the last few weeks, and we've talked about this quite a bit, you know, this is, should not be a playoff team. No. And they're going to, and Do I. Do you think they're going to sneak in? Is I that th- pretty much the, well, on conclusion? Well, I'm the same guy that said that the Vikings would, would have to basically gag beyond belief to not get in the playoffs, and they did. Oh, so true. I won't make that guarantee again. But um, it sure feels like it. You know, you you go, you lose. How how many g- times have they suffered a loss like they did to the Sharks and everyone else around them on that night loses? Yeah, right. Yeah, Arizona got waxed at Chicago last yeah. night. Colorado yeah. could have tied them. Seven Arizona, to one. Yeah, they got beat by by Chicago last night. So I am uh, I am not going to by any means guarantee that they won't make that they will make the playoffs. It feels like they will. But, um, you know, for all those people that say, well, I've, they're an eight seed. Look at all the eight seed. I say, no, that's not going to happen. Right. right now they're sitting at 74 points. Dallas is at 75 ahead of them. Then Colorado below them at 72 and Chicago at 69. So Chicago's not out of it. And then Chicago, or, uh, Arizona's at 73 points. And then the Oilers are at 69. The so Oilers won again last night, yeah. They're not out of it either. So you still have a few teams hanging around, and it's still just kind of this cluster of mediocrity in that. In that. I just – if they're gonna, if they're gonna be, let's just make a decision. Let's just do it. Let's just make a decision because otherwise, it's just gonna be a lot of up and down for the rest of the season. That could be detrimental either way, or it could be good. I don't know. I was, yeah, I was last week when you were in Florida. I was close to buying back in after their their recent run of success. I really was. I was, I was, I was, I was close. Friday, and then, uh, well, yeah, they beat the Lightning, and it's, oh. and it's like, oh boy, this actually might be happening. But then they, how they lose to the Panthers and the Sharks and the way they went about it. Now it's it's like oh okay it's it's typical wild and I, I was going to say not, the the one thing about this team it. and it has been for a while is how predictable it truly is though like the Tampa Bay victory really didn't surprise you that much because it's like this is them well and it's easy and to then the Friday those games. and then the Friday night loss to Florida you're like oh this is them right and then last night's a good team you know if you had beat Florida and then come back and lose last yeah. night you're like you know the Sharks are really good different outlook but the the incredible thing about this team and where it is different is the home ice record. Oh, it's awesome. the, now, Yeah, I let's not play any more games at the X. They are now 14, 14, and 6 at home, which means essentially they're 14 and 20 at home. Yeah, I don't think I've seen them win at home. Do you remember the record? What was the record early this season since like last Christmas? Yeah, they had the best record in the uh, was one of the best records. Yes. Right. And, they, and yep. they, in the years past, and they've had really they good home records as well. It's been the road has been, you know, an, a huge problem. But now they can't, they can't get anything going in their own building at no. all. No, and, and this I, has now been. And a huge extended stretch. Like, this is not a right. month-long slump. What do you think is different about the X versus the road? Do you think it's, like, the distraction piece of being at home or just getting back where all the media is here and no, everybody, No, I know? think it's nothing to do with us. I think it has to do – I think it has to do with – okay, this is going to sound potentially far-fetched, but I think it has to do with this team. Its problem has always been, and I think it's intensifying, potential comfort. And okay. home is comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I – Look at number sixteen on on the road. Don't go after sixteen on, on the road. Right sixteen, now. no, 16 no, but sixteen great. is the ultimate comfort guy. Or if he's not comfortable, he's really good. 
And on the road, he's played some great games of late. Yeah. But it feels like they get home and everyone just sort of takes a deep breath now. And they're like, ah, we're home. You know, right. they just seem to get really comfortable. And, yeah. and I do think that the problem with this roster for a long time has been has been, um, has been relaxing. And then there's no urgency whatsoever. Well, especially when that, you that's get That's how it seemed last night. There was no urgency last right. night. Right. And, and you and I have talked about when we've been at games where it's just like they, they start out so poorly in the first period where it just it's kind of this yep. nobody makes a, a decision. Everybody's just kind of Compared like. Compared to that last right. night, Lindsay. Right. And so I think I think what they need to focus on at home is just like you need to commit to a game plan and we actually have to go all out on it because so much of it is like they don't want to get booed before they go into the locker room before the next period. They don't want to, you know, they haven't played well and that stuff. <laughs> They're it, not succeeding. It builds up. It's like plaque on your teeth. If you don't brush your teeth, you're going to start feeling the, the plaque on your teeth. So you need yeah. to have like sometimes you need to get the really nice toothbrush and get it at, get after it. Right. So they need to go out and they need to be like, all right, we're gonna four check. We're gonna run like a four one four check and be like super weird. We're gonna send everybody in the kitchen sink at them. And considering how much they've been overachieving on the road, imagine if they were just an oh average team on the road, they would we wouldn't even be talking about playoffs. They would be they would be in the basement. They'd be closer to the basement of the Western Conference if absolutely. they were even just an yep. average team on the road. You're absolutely yep. right. Yeah, they they would they wouldn't even the road record is saving them this but year. But if if they were if they were decent at home they'd be in the third Correct. spot in the that's, central that's division yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the swing fair. that's right. the swing here right. yeah that's that's the swing it's so uncharacteristic i want to talk about uh fiala and donato fiala right. fiala is clearly a talented kid like mm-hmm. there there's there there there's he's, he's got hands man he does but like the shot he didn't get in front of the net last night when he was alone and, yeah. and pavelski broke it up so yeah. what that's but that's sort of indicative of him mm-hmm. okay with Granlund, my sense was he doesn't really want to shoot. I think Fiala truly wants to shoot. So what's what's the what's the step there? Because he does Fiala's deal seems to be he gets in really good position a lot of times, mm-hmm. and then something blows up. With Granlund, it it was like, dude, you're in front, but then he passes it. Fiala doesn't want to pass it. He wants right. to shoot. He does. So what's wrong there? The play that you're talking about, particularly from last night, you see him and he has that wide open in front of the net. He gets that pass from down low, and he makes a split-second hesitation instead of just being like, shoot right away. Correct. He's like, and make a move. and Right, but still... for himself as opposed to Granlin, who would have right. tried to set Granlin up the guy at the point. That, but Granlin wouldn't be at that point. Of the right. Granlin would be on the half wall. Coyle would have been stuck. and, and would have tried to pass. Or Coyle would be so far into the crease right. that any sort of rebound would fly just okay. par, far past him. But at least, that, like you said, Judd, he's in position, which is the most important thing that you need, at, especially at his age, because if at his age and his development at this point, if he's already in the right position, you can teach, you can kind of reteach him, being like, shoot that right there, and just get, get that and get that reflex going. But when you have players that try to stay to the outside, like Granlin, like Coyle, where sure. you have guys where their confidence isn't so great and they're trying to make these ticky tacky passes to try to basically bring themselves up, Fiala and Nato, they're missing a lot of nets right now. But you can there. It's a different feeling when you're seeing them in the offensive zone. You're seeing different types of cycling that, and a lot, and and the all the players are a lot more active in movement. They're not really stuck in their quadrants. Right. So, though, I, I hate to use the same type of argument that we use for Jason Zucker, where it's just like he, the shots are going to start going in eventually. But you can kind of use that same argument because they are in the right position. It's just not going for them right now. And where Fiala was was the right place. Oh, like absolutely. I like I like that. You're in the slot. Yeah. You're, you're, right. you're but there's got to be that next step towards as you he just, just said. 
getting the shot off. Yeah, he just balked. And that he just had that split second, like, eh, and then that's all you need. That's yeah. all you need, especially when you have defensemen like like the Sharks, and you don't even have Eric Carlson out there. And they were, they were you know, just suffocating. And I'm, I've defended Victor Rask. I know, I think I'm the only guy in this town that's been doing it. But uh, it, it's hard for him to I've be... I've given up. Yeah. I, I can't do it. It's, it's, I, I mean, he, he centered that line last night with Parise and Fiala. And if this guy is still trying to find his game... And I like that Fiala has a nose for the net, and there's some tenacity there. But that only goes so far. You're going to need a center. You're going to need a center that's going to have to help out Fiala, and that's where that's where I think the struggles last night were were probably a little bit more evident. Donato, I absolutely love. Oh, he's great. Mm-hmm. And that shot here. Here's what I love: no hesitation. The shot might miss, but he get he shoots from everywhere. Yes. His release is different, too. If you watch the puck oh, go so off quick. of his stick. But not only just the quickness. Yep. If you watch the trajectory, right. uh, there's a really good article it's a few months. It's a flick months. of the wrists, right? right. Flick of the wrist. Flick of the wrist. <laughs> He's um, there's a really good article in The Athletic a few months ago about Austin Matthews and how his shot is so different than yep. everyone. And how, and that's what Ovechkin has had for years. People just didn't understand why he was. They are just like, he has a really good shot. It's literally the way the puck is going off the stick that's different from every other player, and that's what beats the goalies. And Donato, ha- it's not at its 100% yet. If he develops it more, he can turn into that type of player where he's a line, A. Ovechkin, Stamkos, where you have that type of shot. But you can just tell. Like, he gets it, and it's always shoot first, and there's no hesitation. Yep. And it's there's no such thing as a bad spot on the ice to take that shot from. And there's no, like, he'll just slap at it. He'll golf swing it. It doesn't matter. And yep. I love that mentality. Yeah, no goals in his last five games, but still 13, 12, 13 shots you on net. You can tell when he's out there, though. Yeah, and he's, he's noticeable. noticeable in a good way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he's shooting the puck, something that this team desperately has lacked for years. And even though the quantity, like I said, the quantity will always be there, and 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 it's it's he's a fun player to watch. So if he if he can really continue the success, it's gonna it's it's great for the Wild. I mean, his shooting percentage is just about the same as it was in Boston. It's just that he's putting he's being he's been put in a role here where right. he's, he's going to succeed. Correctly. Yeah, he's, be, he's being used, rolled to succeed. And you're starting to see maybe a little bit a uh, little bit of regression back to the means in terms that the trade happened. He's given some time to settle, right. not on the road where it's like, we're just going to tell you what line and what system we're running before we get any practice time. So there's there's always going to be a little bit of settling. But he also he needs to keep this up because he has the potential to be one of those players where it's like, we need to send you out there, go block a shot, go have a, go be the energizer bunny and skate around and just do stuff and mm-hmm. get and just be productive. And that doesn't always mean, you know, score goals and stuff. But he's one of those guys where he's a momentum changer, which is the way he moves through the zones. I've got breaking news. Char- Charlie Coyle in eight games now has one assist for the Bruins. <laughs> That's pretty- I thought you were legit. I thought I could say he was hurt. <laughs> I thought you could say he was injured. Charlie Coyle Danny's actually got sitting in here last silently week, laughing. Last week when we did the show, he had no points. Charlie Coyle, congratulations on your first point in your hometown. Judge, they, <laughs> they aren't asking Charlie Coyle to be the Charlie Coyle. We are asking Charlie Coyle to be here. Okay, but more than one assist might be nice in eight games. That, fair enough, but I think Boston's doing okay. Are they still on their like twenty game point streak? No, they, it, it came to an end. They lost a couple nights ago. Oh no! Well, I uh, guess Pittsburgh. They lost to, to Pittsburgh. So they had nineteen Sunday games night. in a row in which they had points. So I and don't I, think that they're too sad about Charlie I'm, Coyle not scoring. And I'm looking up. Uh, I'm looking up uh, Granlund, too, to see what he's done. So yeah, he uh, looks so weird in a Nashville he uniform. He does. He got robbed of his first goal on a review the other night. He would oh, have had, he he really, would have oh, had his first you know goal, and sure it got reviewed. I want to get then, to that in one second, that uh, subject from oh, last night. Poor Bruce, game. man. Uh, I've, I've given up. Okay, Granlund, a, a goal and an assist in four games so far. So and, what, and he's on second two. line, right? I believe that's correct. And, and he's working the power play. Okay, the penalty shot. Now, one, I, I agree with Boudreaux and 
Dubnik. I don't think that was a penalty shot. I don't think it should have been awarded. It didn't look. Was he was he in the shooting motion? I was at the gym at this point. Um, it was it was hard to tell. Like he was going to it, but Batetto was who's not good, by the way. Nope, nope. Uh, and, I don't think and, anybody was going to mistake him. And for your him. guy Sealer should be playing. Yes, not Batetto, but um. He was going to the shooting motion, but it wasn't a cl- you know supposed to be a clear breakaway. Yes. It, yep. it didn't look completely clear to me. But anyway, um, so we found the fly in the ointment, which is you can't review offsides for a penalty shot. And th- I don't think this has happened before. And so the referees this is totally valid. and Toronto didn't know this <laughs> until they consulted the rule book. But then they sent it. They sent out the rule after the game. So. The shooter was going in. Now, you might have claimed possession because you can be offsides if you're in control of the puck while the puck's offside. Mm-hmm. So they probably would have just said that. But it's unreviewable because you can't review a goal that hasn't happened yet. And then you can't, and then you can't go back and review it, I guess. You, so they can't review it right after so, the call because there has been no, no penalty goal. shot or anything. There's been no goal. But then they have the penalty shot in which they score – Yes, and, and then they can't challenge it because it's a penalty shot. Is, is that is that correct in what you're saying? Yes, uh, in fact, I've got it right here. The situation room confirmed that the play could not be subject to a coach's challenge. The decision was made in accordance with Rule seventy eight point seven, which states <laughs> in part that quote a team may only request a coach's challenge to review a play that results in a goal call on the ice, where the defending team asserts that the play should have been stopped by reason of an offside infraction by the attacking team. The original play did not result in a goal call on the ice, and therefore cannot be subject to a coach's challenge. They need to fix that. Yes, it's a huge. It's, and the that's, a huge have to fix it. that's a that's huge problem. That's a huge problem. And and obviously this Awful. isn't this isn't make or break dynasties. Clearly, this hasn't happened before. But it happens in a playoff game. Right, it right, in a playoff right. Game. The fact that it ha- that it's happening now is great. It's just like we, none of us knew this existed because it never happened because right. it's just one of those weird plays. But it's absolutely BS because it's like well. Just by the letter of the law, you're saying, well, if the play results in a goal, you know, from the, they should be able to go back and review it. And the refs should know. But I also don't fault the refs being like, I don't know because this hasn't happened. And I'm sure that the league w- yeah. didn't like, well, what if there's a penalty shot? And that, like, that's a very, very strung out and, you know, huge just situation that doesn't happen very often. But, yeah, they need to fix it. I felt bad for Bruce, too, in that, work, that regard, too. Because clearly, I mean, it, that I wouldn't say that changed the game because they're already trailing True. and they didn't score. Yeah. But so, he was already like, pissed. And, yeah, it, it, it puts him in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And I do feel bad for him. And it's another example of the league being... It's just annoying it happened to it's, us. It's, it's, it's very vintage. Well, NHL. no, but they got it. It's almost good because now they can fix it. Because if this yeah, were to happen in a playoff game and no one oh. knew what the rule, like you've got this rule, but would've now you a, don't right. have the rule, would have been chaos. Because you would think that if you want to challenge, if you're going to put in challengeable offsides, which I'm iffy on because it's sort of weird. But anyway, they made it better with the pen with the penalty. Yeah, sure. if it's a I bad like challenge. It. That I'm, was a good I'm, rule but, change. But made. if you're fine with it, then they probably need to make it on a penalty shot that you can challenge it. Yeah. Before the penalty shot, because then it's just a dead play. Right. But Th- how many times do we see that? Pe- no, weirdly, there was a like Chicago penalty shot last night too, and Jonathan Tave scored. It was but, weird they had two in one. But just fix the rule. It's not that yeah. hard to fix now. Right. Uh, last thing. I went to the Gopher hockey game on Saturday oh, here, night. Yes. Uh, so Friday night I didn't go, but I saw the crowd. You were the one. Nothing. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> and I wrote about it for our uh, site. But um, what could be done here? Because this is this is a multi. Oh, and please don't tell me it was the high school hockey tournament, which has happened before. By the way, I love the well. It's high school hockey tournament. Who's going to go to go for hockey? A it's lot of people used to go. To part go for- of it. It's not it's part of it. it though. It's part of it. Not sure, all. but there's right. a lot. But there's a lot of factors. But this is an erosion that's been happening for years yep. now. Yes. And and this was 
the scary thing was tickets were 30 bucks across the board. So if you came off the street, it wasn't like $90. It was cheaper than 30 normal. bucks is too much right now. It's still too much. And you might be right. but Right. Oh, no, I'm right. 30 bucks. Anyway, there, nobody, there's nobody well, in there. 30 bucks is too much. Well, I've heard suggestions from start letting students in for free. And and and, and knock the tickets down now. Now, where I will say the university has no argument about cutting prices in a major way is they're making fifty million dollars now. They're getting a fifty million dollar check from the conference. Yeah, from which conference, Judd? Big Ten. Well, oh. right, which is wait, which means they're not. That's but that means they're that's not. not that's so not. That's not. Yeah. So the Big Ten hockey conference is going nowhere. No, I agree. So let's not. You know. So let's nope. not say go because that's the old. Yep, go you back can't, to the. You can't go back. Mm-hmm. But but they are making fifty million, which is the most I believe of of any of the schools in any conference. SEC makes less per team. So what you could do is you could easily slash ticket prices. You could let students in, in for free, and that scholarship seating has to go. I think scholarship Correct. seating. Like, yeah. So there's there's certain really good seats that have more attached to them oh, as far okay. as gotcha. as the program goes. I mean, football and basketball have their own problems too, and also have a scholarship mm-hmm. seating. But I think hockey has to recognize you're no longer this elite sport. Right. And that's not on Mochko. And, uh, like that's not fair to Bob Mochko. And I, I don't, but the whole letting students in for free, I I don't think that's getting students in there is not the issue. It's getting everyone else in there. It was this weekend. Yeah, it it was this weekend, but getting students in there, that hasn't been the issue. It's, it's the 30 to 54 year olds who are pissed off about the WCHA that don't want to go there anymore. And it's the the season ticket hold. Yes, it is. That's the majority of that. If you have that student section full, right? The, and, and everyone else is still empty. It's not on the students. It's on the fans that have, but when that have banned. But when I've gone, I, I went to the about team. three games. It's not full. And why not? Just allow them in for free. I My suggestion to the school is just take a bath on, on hockey. And by the way, if you have to get rid of some minor sports, go right ahead. Like, why do we have golf here? Especially <laughs> men's golf. Because of Title IX, you're going to have to kill right. men's sports, which I'm, which I'm fine with. Yep. Like, if you're going to say, well, because the men's golf team has to why go to Texas. To, why do they need to kill sports if they're it's making Title IX? Because, because they shouldn't. That's a, that's a good point. But they'll claim that they do because, because greed is of the essence all the time. Yeah, but that's cutting into their bottom line by getting rid of sports. It's but it'll save them money. But it'll save them money in the long Barely. run. Barely. But, like, golf golf would be a key. Or, or like, Barely. men's tennis. Eh, any men's sport that that you know what God bless you go play club sports right if you're but, but if anyway, you're a fan of the men, go for men's tennis the likelihood of you're like well I got to choose between hockey and tennis oh no look, hockey's no. being taken I'm by kill, you know I'm killing it just to save cash I'm, well, yeah. I'm not save cash it for, they're making it hand over fist I agree but it's greed the problem is is that you're the, right. the the problem is is that the golfers have not created an atmosphere in which they can catch people like me when I was ten or, because yeah, anyone because when I was younger, my dad that was the best was ticket the best. in town. Yes. That was, I was at that national championship game against Maine. I was a diehard golfer fan, you know, Johnny Pole, Platoni, all the yeah. whole bit, all yeah. of it. That team was fun. And the thing is, is that society itself has changed in terms of the way that kids interact with sports and that it's not going to the rink or going to the field and having a good time. It's like interacting with them on the social media sense. So the University of Minnesota, as well as everybody else, needs to figure out exactly how you entrap this younger generation and get them invested further than just having them on in the background while they're trolling so on how, Instagram. how do you do it? You make it a place that – Low kid, ticket prices? I, you're going to hate that I say this. You need, to get, you need to put up things where kids can take selfies. You need to t- put up things where kids oh, have these interactive I don't things. Hate that. 
No, I know, but th- this is going to alienate the, the 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 older generation, which has already been alienated. But the problem is, is that you have no buzz for the younger generation and it's bad right now but if you don't do anything to get these kids right now this is going to continue to be bad and it's going to completely erode this entire thing in the future because you got to get the kids and if the kids aren't invested in trying to be there and wanting not just going to the games but wanting to play in the sweater because that's the other thing too it used to be like everybody that was their goal like that was my goal and I you know I I was a girl I wanted to play for the University of Minnesota and the boys were the same. Sure. That's not the same anymore. People they want to go to St. Cloud and said they want to go to UMD because it's the sweater doesn't mean the same. Uh the big mistake guys who are mostly morons on Twitter okay. uh came up with genius ideas uh, uh actually that? on on how to fix this and this is a hard sell to do but I do think it's achievable. Make this Make the go make go for hockey like a Saints game. Exactly. Put the game second. Make mm-hmm. the entertainment first, and that's a hard sell to do in Division One sports. I'm not denying that, right. mm-hmm. but you have to figure out a way to make it a family atmosphere like and a ve- fun like Vegas, thing to but do. In college, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that point is very interesting to me because the the more I th- thought about this on Saturday as I sat there and looked at this empty building, which to me is really sad because yeah. go that for place hockey was the absolute and, best, and go for exactly oh. well and the. And the old place was, you know, rocking. It was fa- it was a dump, but it was fantastic too. Right. So as I thought about this, I thought, you know, the one thing that these guys didn't account or people didn't account for, they didn't account because erosion is gradual. It's mm-hmm. not like one day or one year. Mm-hmm. They didn't account for the fact that from the day Mariucci, the new building opened in '93, mm-hmm. coincided with the North Stars going to Dallas. Yeah. So for seven years, they were the only game in town. Right. Like yep. they were it. Like and then so when the Wild were, came, they were bad until exactly. '03. So to both your points and Declan especially is is they do have to accept the fact that they aren't that big of deal now. Right. And like I keep hearing, well, if they win, it'll be different. I don't no. think under the same – like they'll draw more, but I don't think they'll fill that building again until they come up with a different idea because there's so many different options now. And and that's And college wild. hockey is a different type of hockey United, from professional hockey. Yeah. But I mean there's just different. so many different options. So I think you guys are right. I think that they have to take a really long look at the game day experience and what they give. And, and Lynn, you could say the old fan's gone, like mm-hmm. alienated, pissed off, mm-hmm. not coming back. But then you're right. Then get the kids. Yeah. Screw the screw the guy my age who's mad. Right. I'm not coming back. You know. Right. I'm, I'm gone. Right. But what about the ten year old you who mm. they are making no attempt to get now? Right. Exactly. And that and I don't know what that looks like. Does that look like where you have players of the of the U of M playing Fortnite online with kids? Maybe that's what that looks like. We don't know. And they and They'd I'm sure happy to do it. a lot of teams and a lot of sports across the border. I'm I'm sure are trying to figure it out because it's kind of an a weird bit with this younger generation, but I just, they, they also, I, I wish they could add like North Dakota into the big 10. I wish that they could like look into bringing more people into that conference that aren't necessarily big 10 because they could have left it. They could have just swallowed the WCHA and they would have been, it would have been perfect. But the they big didn't 10. Want to pay them. Right. Yeah, now they're paying Notre Dame, but yeah, but this all this is all greed. Right. Like and, they could flash ticket prices tomorrow and be absolutely right. fine. And that's they the won't. issue. And you just you need to create a, a unique experience, and you need to basically rebrand college hockey and and that, the type of hockey because that's a more pure brand of hockey, or at least that's how it's been branded in the past. People don't care about that anymore. People like college because of the rivalries, because they're kids that they know. 
Well, then that means you also have to put up more of an investment at the grassroots level, too, of being like, we need to hype up these high school kids more. We have to make, you know, recruiting, signing day a bigger thing, like maybe not to the degree that football does because it's getting really ridiculous. But you have to make yourself newsworthy. And they haven't, they've failed to do that as a sport, but especially as University of Minnesota hockey team. Well, recruiting in college hockey, too, is, is a whole mess, too, with recruiting 14- and 15-year-olds. But, they, and, ju- but and, they fixed that with the rule change. And I also believe that getting, helping getting the boomers, I'm just going to use the term, boomers back in there, I think you also need to a little bit cater to them. So that also means opening up flipping beer prices. For God's sakes, that's not just club yeah, level. Yeah, there needs to be Getting beer all, into that dang arena. And, drunk anyways, just and, let it fly. Make the uh, re- renovate something in the bottom where you can make a little season ticket holder elite status little thing for them. And if that's like you know, kind of treating people treating the first class passengers like first class passengers, like on the glasses, yes, stuff. and like uh, doing something where at least and that's where your money's going to be. That's where serious, serious there. dough is going to be. And if they can make something that's similar to that, that would be also a good thing for them. Yeah, when uh, when Lucia resigned last year. And I think it was right before Motsko got the job. Uh, Chorsky was co-hosting the old show with me, and Chorsky basically talked about the alumni and how. And, and, and now it might be improving now with with Bob. So I'm not sure about now, but with Lucia, it definitely disintegrated. And oh, so yeah. you're right; the alumni well, felt the very hiring, alienated. It was fractured because I don't think they asked yeah. any any alumni input. And you need to you need to make sure that the well, guys like, that played for you are invested in the program absolutely, too. Absolutely, but you, you just can't have. 1,000 or announced 1,500 no. people there, which, and I don't think it was 1,000. No, so it no. Wasn't. And you, you know what? You say youth hockey nights. You say anybody with a youth hockey jersey gets in free. Correct. Do it. Let it fly and let kids get after it. That's how you rebuild this. But I mean, they other need than to that, stop. They, have issues. This, they don't want to hear this, and it's very difficult, but they need to stop looking at this as a cash cow. And they need to start saying, how do we just simply get people back in because this is embarrassing. Well, just right. start looking at people as people. Yeah. And, and same with the players as people, too, because sometimes problem, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Their problem is their basketball arena is not full for men's games. Their football stadium has not exactly filled. So all, all of the – It's, all like, of it's these, a universal issue, yeah. Exactly. All right. We're done. Say bye. Bye.